Welcome to the Asylum. And now, your hosts, Rick Flieger and Rick Briggs. That's right. Welcome back into the Asylum. We are Flieger and Briggs right here on the Arena Sports Network, arenasportsnet.com. And you can hear us five nights a week at 8 o'clock Eastern Time, p.m. Or is that 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time? Either way, I think For you know what we're talking For our English-speaking listeners. Yeah, and while you knock stuff around here. Yeah, I'm Rick Briggs. This is Rick Flieger uh, across from me here. And we are, I tell you what, it's hot and heavy NFL. I don't care. It, it, I'm ready now. It, it's, it's go time to... The Scott Fish Bowl has officially kicked off. We we were talking, and there are what seven hundred and twenty some some. It's like sixty divisions of twelve in this. I mean, it is the most massive battle of of fantasy. You know, the quote unquote experts, the fans themselves. I mean, he has a mixture of. You know, the the experts in the divisions with fans, right. and it just comes right down to the wire. It, it is a tough – I've made it to the quarterfinals before, but I've yet to I win. I don't think I've ever had any success. You know what I, we were talking about before we went on the air? I think I got an inkling last year, but but this year – this is – we talk about, what, our third or fourth year? Probably it our fourth, fourth year yeah. in the Scott Fish Bowl. This thing's like a really big deal, and I, I don't mean this to, to be insulting in any way. It had never struck me as that big a deal. Well, you go on Twitter, and it's the top-tending thing on Twitter, and I'm giving to understand that's important. I try you to, mean, I try to top-trending? Yeah, what I say. Tending. Yeah, it's not tending. Well, you could tend to it on Twitter. Yeah, you could tend Everybody to it. Everybody else is if you, God forbid, take 74 seconds to make your next pick and all these savages attack you, that needs to stop, by the way. But I'm not going into that rant right now. But this thing is a massive deal. It's got a good friend of the show and done a lot of work with us and for us. If you look at AsylumFantasySports.com, that is all Scott's work. Had just what he has created, it is truly, truly impressive. I, I can't believe it. I am stunned at how big of a deal this thing has become. Yeah, and I mean, just in my division alone, I, I am in with um, uh, Chris Dugas from the Fantasy Boys Trophy Time podcast, ESPN's Mike Clay, um, the Fantasy Sports Networks, Mike Blewett, the Dynasty League Football, Jeremy Funk. Um, and in number fire, Michael Cornerford, you know, I mean, and then there's, uh, let's see, Tim Turner's a fan. Um, trying to see, oh, there's a William Edwards, a fan, uh, another fan, uh, Glancy, Jay Glancy, I believe. So, I mean, you can see it's a nice mixture of yeah. fans and, and the guys that, that are trying to bring you the information and help you as well. And uh, it, it's so much fun and so tough to win. Yeah, but just a, the amount of discussion revolving around it, 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 it's really something. So it's cool. You know, as, as these things go with so many drafts going on, I've made five picks already. Rick's made one. I believe it took <laughs> yeah. you an hour to make your pick, and I watched you get savaged all over Twitter, email, and everywhere else you could be savaged. Yeah, and it's been three <laughs> hours since the last pick, and, and nobody yeah. seems to be going crazy on this guy. Well, we don't know. You, you haven't That's seen true. his twi- Twitter feed. Good but, point. Uh, very, very interesting. And Scott always puts out that warning at the beginning. This is a slow draft. Please try to draft as quickly as possible. Yeah, they hours but don't attack people and man it, we're talking this thing started at 11 at 11 30 i saw people just getting maimed and their mothers called names and everything else these animals it's it's fun it's cool these animals need to relax and i wish mine would slow down a little bit i haven't had time to wrap my head around what the hell i'm doing yet exactly but speaking of what we are doing it i think it's time and uh you know you do too that we start uh, ranking some players. Yeah. There's a lot of ADP have, out there. I have done rankings, right? <clears throat> yes. Tiered them and everything. I haven't put them on the website yet, so they're really only mine. Right. You're just going to have to take my word for it. But before we get into that, there, there's something I wanted to talk about last week and with the guests and, and everything we dealt with, I didn't get to it. And we can make as big a deal about this or as little as you want to if you want to move off this. But for some reason... This, this thing is really sticking in my craw, and, and i got to talk about it. So uh, we all know uh, Matthew Barry, you know, sort of, the I guess, the godfather of fantasy football by virtue of 
his stardom being, on yeah. ESPN. And being one of the first. Yeah, look, and he's one of the first. And I, I've read his book, so I'm going to couch all of this before I say all the horrible things I'm about to say. I bought his book. I read his book. We've met him before. Good guy. He's paved the way for this industry. Right. But at times, and you hear me whine about this industry, I'm doing the air quotes when I say industry, I whine about it a lot and what it's become. So, so here's the background of it. So, so Matthew writes a column a few weeks back entitled "100 Facts, 100 Facts for the 2017 Football Season." All right, they're all kind of neat stuff in it, but by and large, it's just statistical analysis. Right. If, if it isn't straight out statistics. So a uh, couple couple weeks, eh, week or two later, it doesn't really, the timeline isn't that important. Some guy named uh, Mitchell Renz from the Gridiron Experts. I probably should know who he is. I'm, I wasn't really familiar with him. He does some work for the, the fantasy footballers. That, that mm-hmm. po- I don't, I'm not sure that he's on the show, but he does stuff for their site or so. Anyhow, it, it doesn't matter. He wrote an article entitled 100 Eye-Popping Stats Headed into 2017. Now, now, me, I'd have never thought anything of this, right? So, immediately, I don't even know how Barry finds it. Probably his sycophant fans, because that dude's got a, fo- a cult following. We oh, got yeah. a couple guys in the, the Caveman League, the League of Consequence, who would be like, uh, what was it, Jim Jones. If he, Matthew Barry told him to drink the Kool-Aid, drink the Kool-Aid yeah. th- this dummy Bowser would be on it. I'll just say his name, and I, I hope a brick falls off a <laughs> uh, windowsill and hits him in the head. But anyhow... Anyhow, it comes to Barry's attention that this is out there. So he quotes uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Renz's tweet with just a snarky ug. Okay. Well, then after he does that, all the Matthew Barry sycophants just start savaging this guy. So I got curious. And then the discussion about plagiarism and stealing ideas, parroting was the word Matthew Barry used later on in the converse. You can go on Twitter and find all this. I'm not, I'm not going to bore you with all the detail. So out of curiosity, I had read Barry's column. Okay. okay. I, I used some of this, I quoted some of the stats just last week, I think, some of the ones I found interesting. I gave Barry due credit, just in case anybody's listening, any of those sycophants. It was a pretty good article. So then I went and read uh, Mitchell's column. It wasn't a blatant ripoff. He took 100 stats he found interesting. So here's what I'm curious about. The, the, the machine that is ESPN. What precisely in that column that Barry wrote, the uh, 100 facts for the 27 season, which part does he own? Does he own the statistics because he works at ESPN? Or does he perhaps own grouping things in 100? Would this have not been an issue had he said the 98 eye-popping things, the 114 eye-popping things? <laughs> Would that be okay? What is it that you own, Matthew? What about this? Now, here's some of the statistics, all right, that Mitchell put in his. I want you to hear these and these top secret, secret things that only Matthew Berry could have known, all right? Matt Ryan averaged 9.26 yards per, per completion in 2016, the highest in the league. You son of a bitch, you stole that, right? He had to have stolen that. That's not on every website in the country, right? How about this one? Marcus Mariota scored 20 fantasy points in 9 of 15 games last season. So I'm going to warn you, Rick, as we're doing our analysis of things later, don't go quoting their fantasy points from last year. Matthew Barry and ESPN own that, okay? Don't do it, Rick. I'm warning you. Here's another one. Your boy, uh, Ajayi. He had three games with over 200 yards in 2016. No kidding. Don't talk about it. Matthew Barry owns it. But That's his. No, no, he owns it. You can't say it, Rick. Now, was this brought out specifically? No, I pulled these out <clears throat> of Mitchell's column. Right, but were these facts actually specifically called out as, I, no, ar- the, I already wrote this? The or? article itself was a total okay. act of plagiarism, apparently. Okay. And the last one I jotted down, I thought this was top secret, and we, we got to stay away from Odell Beckham led the NFL with 180 targets in 2016. Shh, hey, shh, stop. That's, that's ESPN's. Don't touch stop. it. Stop. So here's the point. You're starting to break too much. Uh, <laughs> I know. You're I, leaking. See, that's, so that's, I, that's a thing right now. You're yeah, leaking yeah, information. I, I have to assume that he doesn't think he owns the statistics, right? <laughs> They're right. out there for everybody. So you own grouping things by 100? Is that what it is? Point being in all of this, this just really sticks in my craw. This thing has gotten, for better or worse, when we started low, what, five years ago, six years ago? How long have we been wasting mm, our time with this? About seven now. Yeah, it was sort of the, 
you know, if, you, if you're looking at it on a bar, you know, on a chart, sort of heading towards the peak. Rather than hit the peak and level off or even go back down like most of these bar, this thing has shot up in the last six or seven years. I'm talking about fantasy football and fantasy analysis. And it has gotten so damn out of hand. And I don't want to stand, sound like some hippie or get into the politics of things, but how much is enough for ESPN, right? You know, they've taken over everything. They've commercialized the whole industry, squeezed guys like us and everybody else out. And I'm not whining. We're just we're not good enough to be a part of that. That's why we're not a part of it. It's not ESPN holding us down. We suck, and I grant you that. <laughs> but the point being, a guy like Matthew Barry, again, pioneer of the industry, earned it, did it the hard way. I get all of that. But now he's in a position, he's got, I'm sure he's got a research staff, right? All this stuff's going on. And a guy out there trying to make his bones in the industry comes out, puts together a, an article where he grouped things in the same amount of numbers that Matthew Berry grouped things. And Matthew Berry, I can see his loser followers doing it. I can almost live with that. But Matthew Berry takes a crack at this guy. Come on. This crap has got to stop in this business. The same thing, you know, we talk about in the Scott Fishbowl. You take 18 seconds to make your pick you get savage you know you know why you know we joke about it and i should have thicker skin we talk about i have my rankings together you know why i haven't put them public because i don't want to have the debate with somebody that i have mike evans for and everybody else thinks he should be six and it'll be three days of getting attacked and having to of course answer you could, for it. of course you could have copied your rankings off of someone well, too very well could have but I mean, it has gotten so out of hand. It, let's. Here's what I want to say to to Matthew Barry, to every other podcast, to us specifically, and to all the guys who just really, really like to play it. We'll call it fantasy Twitter. Here's what I tell you. Let's sit down. Let's lean back in our chairs and think about what it is we're really doing. Right? We're grown men. 40 years old in my case, 75 years old in your case. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Sitting yeah. back, thumping our chest and doing the windmill. If you don't know what that is, look it up. I'm trying to keep this family friendly. Based on our prediction of the success of real athletes. This is Dungeons and Dragons for jocks is what we're doing. All right, so stop. Everybody pull it together. Yeah, but let's Have face it too, though, Rick. Let's face it too. It's Billions of dollars. And right, there's a right. lot of people out there that do this for a living, and they make a lot of money doing it. Right. And but if you do, it's not going to stop. If you do, <clears throat> you don't own the statistics. If you write an article on said player, you are not the only guy here from the end of time who's allowed to write an article about this player. Not only are other people allowed to do it, they can have a differing opinion too, and you don't need to send them a picture of your yam bag to show how disgusted you are that they disagree with you. The whole thing has gotten so far out of hand to where I'd be happy just doing you know a two grumpy guys sitting talking about nothing podcast with a slant towards sports. We because did this do was, that. Well, yeah, that wasn't received too. <laughs> we well. got destroyed. Well, we did it under the uh, auspice of our fantasy uh, banner. Maybe if we had found a way to separate it well, out, we yeah, did we... talk sports though. I mean, and dead people, but I mean. <laughs> That was some it, people take dead people really seriously. Like yeah. they don't see the humor in it whatsoever. No, I mean, but I don't, we can move past this. I just it just sticks well, in my I craw when it, when I don't a, even know what you're talking about. When anymore. a guy like Barry takes a shot at this, you don't. Own I would be taking a shot at me. You don't own it all. Well, and that that's the one thing I didn't like. If I have to take uh, take Mr. Wrens to task a little bit, his response to all this is, well, at least Matthew Barry knows my name now. I don't give a damn if Matthew Perry knows my name. Look, he wants to come on the show, and we can do that. If he wants to go hang out and have some supper, I'd be happy to do that. But I really don't care at the end of the day. I just don't. Nah, not unless he's stroking me a check. Yeah, he's probably he'd probably be able to do that. Oh, there ain't well. no doubt about that. I wish we didn't Ain't suck. no doubt about it. I wish we didn't suck, because that looked like a pretty sweet gig he's got there. And like I said, so for all the nasty stuff, I said he earned it. There's just no He's, doubt about it. If you know his backstory, the man earned it. Oh, you betcha. He, he created the industry as we know it almost out of nothing. So I'll never take a shot at that. It's just, I don't know, it sounds cheesy. I don't want to say don't forget where you came from, but maybe it's a little bit of that. Just leave this guy alone. You don't own it all now because you work at ESPN. It's not yours. You know, th these numbers are there for anybody to consume. You got it. Let's right, move, move on. Past. I was I'm hoping. Glad you're done. Disagree with me. <clears throat> get fired up. But Pardon me. No, I mean, like I we agree. talked about this afternoon, I'm starting to believe I could replace you with a potato. 
Look, you were on a rant. What am I? What do you want me How to say? How about you produce? Yes, you. He does own those <laughs> J I J E stats. That would be a good show, right there. But you arguing? But it doesn't make sense. That I would listen to. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Well, most of what you say does. Oh, everything does. With my, that's why. See, stupid comments no, is see, your role on the show. <laughs> I say, what I say is not so much quantity like you, but it's quality. When I say something, I take it to the bank. You just say it, forget it the next week. Well, yeah, I just talk. Right. I just gum exactly. flap. Exactly. You know, Captain gum flap in my <laughs> assault on silence. That's exactly. what I do. Exactly. All right. All Speaking right, I... of the assault on silence. Okay. Um, we are going to, because um, I'm looking these these sycophants in that division of yours just keeps... it is blowing up i'm yeah. getting notifications I'm yeah it's ridiculous turn those things up. there goes another one that's like seven in a row yeah is there going to be an eighth this is good radio Sick meanwhile list. i have our our division up we're still on the 10th pick <laughs> have been since 326 i want to be in your and division. it is 625 i want to be in your division it seems a lot more relaxed all right, Rick, so let's get into it. Since I've made this show all about me, you you can describe what it is, but here's how I titled this week's fantasy segment, Rick. Players I have ranked higher than their consensus ADPs. So clearly it's all about me. The ADPs will definitely change oh, between oh, yeah. now and mid-August. However, you know, barring injury and so forth, and, and there's a few other, you know, things to consider, performance in training camp, you know, rookies and so forth. But, you know, our rankings are generally going to be pretty much the same. And when you're talking, say, running backs, okay, it's David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, Zeke Elliott, top three. I mean, you may disagree with the order, yeah. but let's And most people it. don't even do that. This is the rare. Right. Well, those guys are slotted one through three, and you don't see much variation. Exactly. But it's down some of these ones farther down where, I'll tell you what, that this is where your fantasy season can be made or broken. Yeah. Simple. <clears throat> so I, mean, I don't want to spend a lot of time. If a guy's a number one running back, he's a number one running back. So the point of this segment, these are guys I value higher than we, – we use ADP because that's an easy term everybody understands, right? But I'm looking at in comparison to where they're taken based on tiers, different things like that. So I'll give the first one I have. Now, I only have him ranked about four slots higher than his ADP. But I, I've seen it on, on fantasy Twitter. It, it's a big thing out there. I'm going to start with our boy, Rick. Ajayi. I got this cat ranked at four. I got him ranked ahead of McCoy, ahead of Gordon, and ahead of Freeman. That's where the discussion becomes. They're all number one running backs. I don't think anybody debates that, right? But so what I'm talking about is I'm looking at taking this guy in the mid, the mid first round versus sort of at that turn, the early second round. Look, he averaged five yards a carry, scored eight touchdowns last year. And if you recall, he wasn't allowed on the bus <laughs> to go to the first game last year. This guy had to work himself into favor. He had to earn carries. Now, you don't, you don't think Barry's listening, do you? Okay, get off your had, rant and let's go. Well, but I want to give this stat. He had three 200-yard games last I year. Know. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. I think this guy's the real deal. And he's that rare mix of – now, I think McCoy and Gordon fall into this category of pretty much being the only guy in town. But Ajayi is the only guy. We've seen McCoy going back to Gillisley last year, Rick, lose goal line work. We see Gordon. Gordon, on the other hand, he's almost so touchdown dependent. I'm curious what it looks like without Woodhead even in the mix. I know Woodhead missed most of the season. But without that in the mix, is he a true number one? I think our boy Ajayi. Ajayi. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think he is the safest bet here after those big three, and that's where I have him. I have him starting that next tier. So you basically have him at four? Running back four. Wow. Okay. I mean, the ADP I'm looking at right now, he's he's um, the run the seventh. So you actually have him three higher yeah, that's, than the that's one the I'm thing. looking it's at. It's not that much <clears throat> higher. Right. But it, there, hey. there's a consensus that Gordon and McCoy are ahead of him. And well, you'll get a nasty reaction if you say that out in public. Well, I do have Gordon and, and um, Shady ahead of him. However, you know – what you're saying, I mean, it's not like saying that whatever, LeGarrette Blunt's a top five. I mean, you know, this this is a very 
um, solid pick. And I tell you what, the one that I have, I only have. Let's see, he's right now eight. I only have him two slots higher. But quite frankly, I have him at at six right now, and that's Howard. Yeah, and I'm really coming around on Jordan Howard. I really, I was slow to get there. I'm with you, Rick. I'm buying all in here. You know, we talked about Chicago. I mean, they're putting some pieces together. I mean, you know, they were terrible last year. And it didn't look like they've made anything spectacular in the offseason. But they've done okay. I mean, I think – and we had Rilio Mastrantonio, you know, out of Chicago, NFL agent – said they really looked like they were on the right track. And I, I think Howard is not a flash in the pan. I think he's going to be a solid fantasy contributor all season long. Yeah, look, he's a workhorse type of guy. They're going to get him involved in the passing game. He, he's going to be such a huge part of the offense. He's outside of Cameron Meredith. It, how much do you want to talk about that wide receiver core? Yeah, right. How much do you want to talk about the tight ends? I mean, this is going to be Jordan Howard's gig here. Now you wonder, he's probably not going to put up those five yards of carry or whatever he had last year because now everybody knows he's coming. He ain't sneaking up on anybody this year. But the guy's so dynamic. He's the type of guy – I'm not making a lineal comparison here, but I think he's a guy in the mold of a Le'Veon Bell, not skill-wise, but in saying that that offense is going to run pretty strictly through him. Right. right, I think you can say that for all the weapons they have, even with Antonio Brown in Pittsburgh, that offense runs through Le'Veon Bell, be it running, be it passing, be it whatever they do with him, he's going to be involved there. So I think Jordan Howard, would you be stunned, Rick, stunned, if this thing ended and in some order Howard and Ajayi cracked that top three? I don't think I'd be surprised at all. I, yeah, I would be stunned. Top stunned? three? Yeah, oh yeah. Look, I mean – and this is we have to throw. This is sixteen game season. We're not saying injuries or anything. They're not going to pass up Johnson. They're not going to pass up Bell. Elliott's still behind, arguably the best line in right. football. I think Shady Shady still got a lot in the tank. Yeah, Demarco Murray's still there. He he could have a decent enough year. You have Ije. You had that we we're just talking about Devonte Freeman. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I like Melvin Gordon, but boy, he was so touchdown dependent last year. I had a hard time trusting him. Yeah, I don't foresee him really shooting up anywhere other than a lot, I think a lot of people have him a little ranked a little high. Quite frankly, I do. I feel the same way, Rick, about Freeman. But top three, that's tough. That, see, he's such a PPR machine, right? Freeman. That's one reason why I like him in there. Standard, I agree with you. But if you put Freeman somewhere where he's the only game in town, we're probably talking about him in amongst that top two or three right now. I worry about Tevin Coleman and the amount of work he gets. And they clearly showed last year there was plenty enough to go around between the two of him. But just lock, stock, and barrel have him as the RB4 or 5. I don't see it in a guy that, that has that dynamic of a player beside him, behind him, however you want to describe it. Yeah, Ajayi's the one. I think if, if somebody, if those those guys aren't likely to finish in the top three, as a storm is blowing through here yeah, and the apparently. lights just dimmed, looks like we're still on the air. So maybe that's God telling us to move off this topic. Next one I got, Rick uh, Carlos Hyde. We we talked about him before we went on air. As I was looking to make a pick in the Scott Fish Bowl, ADP's got him right down around eighteen, so a mid to low level RB two. I got him at 12, Rick. I think Carlos Hyde is still an RB1. Let's see. Last year he did end up under 1,000 yards in 2016, but he averaged 4.6 yards a carry. That offense has gotten better. You bring in Pierre Garçon. I think – I don't know how much love you give to a Brian Hoyer, but I think he's an upgrade over anything they had. And in short stretches, he's been really good everywhere he went. Reed Houston – Read uh, Chicago for for short stretches. He was putting up legitimate numbers. Going to get that offense going. Uh, a lot of people like the rookie uh, Joe Williams, but you got Hightower in town, so I don't see Williams leapfrogging the both of those guys. Hightower might snipe some goal line work, but this offense is going to have to run through the running game. Carlos Hyde looks back healthy, looks good. Hyde's a guy I think you can get a value on and end up with an RB one at a low end RB two price tag. 
I agree 100%. Someone I'm targeting all over the place. I agree. Um, I actually had him 11th, which is an RB1. So you got him ahead of me then. Yeah, and um, I have him right with uh, Todd Gurley. Um, Gurley, to me, I think is going to be – he's marginal. The the Rams scare me. And – you know, we'll get into, I mean, the show later on in the week, you know, we're going to be doing some uh, exceeding, you know, players that may exceed your expectations or normal expectations, I should say, I guess, or someone's going to fall short. And it's what Los Angeles, you notice I didn't say St. Louis. You're doing better than me. Yeah. The Chargers is the one I can't get. It's going to be four years before I get the charge. And then they'll go to Vegas. No, that's the Raiders. Oh yeah, oh yeah, the Raiders. Oh, I'll never. No. There is Oakland forever. <laughs> Even know. when they were in Los Angeles, it was Oakland for you. Right, exactly. I never called them L.A. Well, it's because it, it's an old Raiders. Thing. Uh, yeah, I mean that was just terrible. <laughs> I mean, it's the Oakland Raiders. I mean, I, I grew up a Raider hater, and I mean it was well, as you should fabulous as you should. Although I think you're starting to fall in love with the Raiders. You, Loved now he's gone, but your love affair with Murray, you know Amari Cooper, you'd like to snuggle with, and Derek, Derek, Derek Carr, Carr, you're in love Crabtree, with. Crabtree, I mean, yeah, that, that, now that. you got all about that action, boss, yeah, right there yeah, in Oakland. I mean, to tell you what, hell yeah, <laughs> I like it. Let's go on to some other positions here. Um, I'm going to. You can go right back to running back. I don't know how how much more. I'll tell you one. I'm going to stay with running back. And I'm starting to get kind of a hinky feeling. I really like what, I, what I'm seeing him coming into, um, into training camp. He went from 18% body fat down to like 11. He's faster. He's quicker. And that's fat Rob Kelly, who's not so fat anymore. You are the only cat in the world saying this. Well, I've heard you say this. This is a Go ahead. This is, this is interesting to me. I'm. I really love. I really think he's a decent enough running back. But I'll tell you what. I'm starting to get a little hanky on him. Look, I just think that they're not going to be obviously a run heavy team oh, no. No, with no. Kirk Cousins and those weapons they have. And there's there's just too much talent in that backfield that um, they're going to be spreading the ball around to, and. So, therefore, I still have him as an RB2. Oh, wow. I do. I don't have him on my list, Rick. You're kidding. He's not on my list. Oh, I've I've still got him as a low-end RB2, just barely, in the 24th slot. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy. Now, this one will be interesting to see. This this is all very subject to change, which it all is in the second week of July when we haven't been to camp yet. What happens in camp? He was so out of favor come the end of the season and but he's so much more in favor with his off-season workouts well, and getting that's in shape the point is that all hype because to be fair most of this rick most of what this praise we're hearing in terms of him being in shape and him being ready to go you know everybody's in the best shape of their life oh, every of year they are. a lot of this is coming from his agent right i think they know that the redskins bring in pirine there, there's some legitimate concern that there's not going to be room for Fat Rob or not as Fat Rob, if we want to call him that any longer. I just that that's a point. Be it, I don't like the love for Pirine either because do do we not think they're going to be splitting carries anyhow, and, unless something really breaks one direction or the other in the preseason. Plus, you got Chris Thompson on the passing downs right. for a team that's going to pass the ball 65% of the time, if not more than that, Rick. That's who that team is. They, they've got all those small, quick, dynamic wide receivers. You got Jordan Reed out there just doing what he does, and Kirk Cousins loves to fling it around. I don't think they're going to run a ball enough to justify if one of them went away, if one of them vaporized, and be it Pirine, be it Kelly, whoever it was, if one of them went away and the last one was standing, I think that guy's still a barely an R. RB2. So that's where you have him just barely an RB2. I think you add Pirine into the mix, that, that pushes Rob Kelly off the cliff for me. Just gone. He, he's not even in my, in my purview at this point. I see Pirine pushing Matt Jones out of the way oh, he's and all cut. these other rummies gone. And I see him cutting Chris Thompson's playtime down. 
all these other rummies. That's what other I podcasts mean, call us. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and and deservedly so. <laughs> but you know, just remember the feelings are mutual. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't listen to your show. But I'm looking at at, at Rob Kelly and. I see him in ADPs ranked behind Duke Johnson. To me, that's crazy. I'd take Duke Johnson. Oh, I mean it's it's Isaiah Crowell show, and, and well, in a P, are we talking in a PPR format? I'd take Duke Johnson in a standard. I'd I'm taking him in either, but um, the, he's behind Latavius Murray. Hey, you talk about Perrine in there taking um, carries away. I mean, you, we had this argument last week where Latavius Murray in your mind, isn't even the guy in Minnesota. Oh, he's not. It had nothing to do with my mind. He's not the guy. Well, you don't know. I mean, barring injury and so forth. Well, you yeah. know, but that's my point. And, I mean, he's behind Murray. He's behind, um, I don't know, an aging Matt Forte. He's behind Kenneth Dixon of Baltimore. He's behind Kareem Hunt of Kansas City. Yeah, he's, that I don't get. He's we- behind Procise of Seattle. I, I why are people so high on ProSize? Thinking Eddie Lacy can't handle it is is the right. only thing but that Rawls I have. But is still there, too. Right. Exactly. But I guess they liked what they saw in ProSize well, so when I. Rawls was the guy, and they're banking on Eddie Lacy coming in at 300 pounds. I yeah. don't know. I liked what I saw out of ProSize, too, but I liked what I saw out of Rawls before he got hurt, and I liked what I saw out of Eddie Lacy before he discovered the McDonald's drive through So, I mean, that's the point. There's a lot to like right. about those three guys, so to be that high on any one of them seems a little insane to me. Yeah. Can we talk about Matt Forte for a second? Yeah. I mean, he's I, been I, completely forgotten, and you see Belil Powell being taken above him. How do you see that workload change? That guy's dynamic. He's getting old, I understand. There are no weapons in the passing game on that team. I know. So when we have, if that if that potato I'm replacing you with doesn't work out here, he's probably going to be starting at quarterback for the Jets in the next three, in the next, you know, by week four, at least by Halloween. Wouldn't you think a guy like Forte, if he's healthy and stays on the field, would be a real benefit to quarterbacks and or potatoes who can barely get the ball across the line of scrimmage? I think Forte's a guy's being forgotten here a little bit. Yeah, he is, and I mean, and I think a lot of it is because he's younger than Frank Gore, and Frank Gore's still a starting <laughs> so running back. Jesus, I mean, come on. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying, and it's kind of like, well, you know, if Gore can do it, you know, why not Forte? He's still got gas in the tank, right? And and he doesn't need a full load and so forth. The Jets just scare me. Well, yeah, the the Jets are but, awful. But when you go right back to it, somebody has to gain the yards. And when you have – I mean, look, look. let's face it. Josh McCown right now is probably the starter over Hackenberg, i got to assume. Quincy Enuma is your number one. <laughs> That's my Robbie, point. What, is, Robbie Anderson is, is number two. Probably. And there's a list. I'm, I have a site here. There's like – there must be 15 names, and I don't know any of them. <laughs> That's brilliant analysis on your part. Well, I mean, I'm sorry. I <laughs> no, mean, you're I right. don't know who Miles White is. Oh, somebody, some draft nick, some dynasty right. guy is going to asylumfootball at gmail.com, put Briggs in the subject line so I don't have to read it. Somebody's going to attack you. That's fine. I don't <laughs> care. I mean, you know, until Miles White does something where I need to pay attention to him – on a team with Josh McCowan and Christian Hackenberg, I'm not paying any attention to them in in keeper leagues, redraft, standard, or PPR. No, I agree. I, I mean, agree. that's my point. And, and there's just not a lot of weapons there. Now, they do have Safarian Jenkins as tight end, who's adequate. I mean, he had some bright spots in Tampa. I think if he's got his head together now, this becomes a, a pretty good situation for him if you're looking for a deep tight end yeah. sleeper. But it, it is curious. I mean, but sort of, I really think that they have a nice one-two punch at running back. You could you could throw Forte in on first down. You could throw Powell in. Mm-hmm. You could use two back sets. It's certainly right. nobody else I to worry about. But that's sort of my point then. Wouldn't that – I guess it's a big question mark, but that almost makes me value Forte a little higher, assuming he's healthy. And, and that I don't know. And we're going to have to see how, how camp goes there. 
If you remember last year, Rick, at the beginning of the year, he started off like a house on fire. It's just unbelievable when he got right. nicked up and Powell took yeah, over. And I it, had him, yeah, remember? And it steadily came down. I mean, he, he finished last year with 800 yards, you know, only 3.7 to carry, but eight total touchdowns. He caught 30 balls in an offense that had Eric Decker and Brandon Marshall. Now you're looking at Quincy Anunua and, and those other dummies you talked about. You know, maybe Forte has some value here, especially in a PPR format. You need they have no playmakers. So you look at a Forte, you know, I don't like if I'm correct in thinking that Powell's gonna be your straight ahead, your your running back, you know, as I do the right. air quotes, and Forte's gonna be your playmaking type of back plus your tight end. I would think in an offense that's going to be that pathetic, your playmaking running back and your tight end are going to have some value even on a bad team. Forte's almost been completely forgotten about. This is a guy in these MFL 10s that I'm scooping up in the 15th, 16th, 17th round. I am really damn happy to have him, especially in a best ball format, kind of get him stashed away. I I just think we shouldn't write him off too quickly. Oh, I agree. I mean, you look at Belil Powell. He is 27 in ADP right now. That seems a little high. A little high? The 27th ranked running back? For Powell? Yeah. Well, he's not going to line up. And Forte is 40. He's going to face nine-man boxes. Powell, right? (laughs) I have to think. Is anybody afraid of Christian Hagenberg to Quincy Anunua? I mean, why would you? I wouldn't even defend him. Just let Anunua run down the field and see if Hagenberg can hit him. Okay, we'll play our little game. All right. Belil Powell or Mike Gillisley? Gillisley. Really? Yeah. As you go through this, Rick, keep this in mind. If I'm ranking my Jets running backs, I have Forte ahead of Powell. Okay. Okay, so Forte or Gillisley? Gillisley. Really? Mm-hmm. You think New England's really going to utilize him that heavily? I, I do. He certainly can. I mean, Legarrette Blunt was. I envision him in the Blunt role. He's not going to have 18 touchdowns like Blunt had, but 12 to 15, I could see happening. That was his role in Buffalo, right? And they bring him in. He's sort of the younger version of Legarrette Blunt. At least I think you never know what they're thinking there. But my presumption in bringing him in. <clears throat> with what you had James White doing the playoffs and what he can be in the passing game, you still have Deion Lewis. I know everybody groaned Deion Lewis. I don't know. There's maybe it's just because he's a Patriot. Everybody's talking about Rex Burkhead. <laughs> I don't get that, but he's around. So I think Gillisley's his role was to come in and be that hammer, like Legarrette Blunt was. Is my assumption. That's why I like Gillisley looking at double digit touchdowns. Okay. All right. Now here's another little issue that we can tackle. How do you see? Because I tell you what, I, I'm I'm waiting to see, quite frankly, how this Mark Ingram, Adrian Peterson thing is going to shake out in New Orleans. I can't. I have poured over the numbers, thought about this. Here's what it comes down to. You know, maybe next week, Rick. We've got this week's shows planned out. Next week, we're always this time of year scrambling for a topic of discussion. Why don't we put together for one show a list of criteria you use in making draft selections that don't involve numbers, okay? Just sort of – No numbers at all. Just sort of – well, you know what I mean, that aren't statistically dependent. Here's my point. This is going to be one of them. This will be a sneak preview. We'll see if we can come up with enough (laughs) of these to make a segment (laughs) on the show. But this is something I think about. How many times – in your fantasy football history, has a guy the likes of Adrian Peterson, a big-name running back, later on in his career, his current team's done with him, move on, go somewhere else, and succeed? Very few. It doesn't happen. Thomas Jones is the only one that has ever popped into my head. And he may have. It was only like for a year or two. Yeah, yeah. That's a good one. I don't put him on an Adrian Peterson. Oh, no, well, Peterson's not. historically, so it's not, he's a historical back, so that's not even fair for me to put that label on it. So sort of my point is I I never was big on Mark Ingram going into last year when it was his job, and I think he was a 
you know, an early season, you know, pretty unanimously ranked as a number one running back, and I avoid him at all costs. We could probably find some tape of me saying I'm not getting into it because this team's going to pass first, they're going to pass second, and they're going to fake the handoff on third down and pass it again. Now you muddy these waters. So point being, Adrian Peterson has almost exclusively zero value to me. Because he's went to a team that's not going to run the balls, not going to value Bear running the ball, and I think he's number two right now behind an established Mark Ingram, which gives Peterson no value and gives Ingram. I didn't hold him in high regard as it is, but Peterson's going to get some work, so that pulls him even down. I'm not touching that situation either way. So I guess my answer is it doesn't matter. They're both useless. That was my uh, point. Actually, it was a counterpoint to what you're saying because you hold or held, still hold. Mark Ingram in such low regard. In PPR formats last year, he was number eight in running back scoring. That stuns me. Stuns me. And Peterson doesn't catch the football. Oh, no. No. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, there you have – you've already had a guy, Mark Ingram, rushed over 1,000 yards and rushed for six touchdowns, but he also caught 46 balls for over 300 yards and another four touchdowns. Yeah, 46 catches. Yes. That is stunning to me. I know. So I think I agree with you as far as like the Peterson thing. I think he's almost it, I, I, I don't want to say that they got they have him as an insurance policy because I don't think Adrian Peterson is a guy that's going to sit there and say, okay, I'm happy to be in the bench in case yeah. Mark gets hurt. Yeah, this is a team that's not going to make the playoffs. So I understand him. Or they'll win the division. Being willing. You know, remember there was all that talk early on he was going to go to New England. He was going to be happy to be in that mix to win a championship. He didn't make that decision. So he went – and that's what's interesting about this True. Too. So that has to lead you to believe one of two things. New Orleans is either the only team interested, which is entirely possible – because we're not the only people who say this just never works where you bring the 30-year-old running back in and he takes over and rushes for 1,200 yards. It, it just doesn't happen. So either New Orleans was the only team interested, which is possible, or number two, he believes he's going to go in and he's going to get the work. So that, that, makes, that makes me more nervous about Ingram, whereas I say Peterson's going to come in, he's going to do nothing, he's going to be a non-starter there. There's a reason he went there. If it wasn't for the, if it wasn't the fact that he was the, that was the only team that, that would have him, that makes me nervous for the whole group. And for listeners out there that were thinking about Mark Ingram and Adrian Peterson, this is actually what we do. Because quite frankly, I don't know how it's going to shake oh, out. You don't know. Clue. But the more you talk about it and discuss this, I don't know exactly. The but the more you discuss this the more muddled it really is until training camp starts and you start seeing a little bit of something maybe in preseason or or something like that, or you you start hearing some game plans coming out because you just really don't know how they're going to work this in. And that's what sucks about this too, Rick. Name me the last preseason carry Adrian Peterson had. (laughs) The last seven years of his career, he didn't. They didn't play him. No, but see, he's not the man now. That's true. So and maybe if we see him getting – I don't know what it means. I don't know what sti- to make you, you it. You still don't know. Since he has, hasn't had any contact and he's coming back from injury, he's going to have to get some work. Uh, I'm assured of it. I mean, there's just nothing – you can't get away from it. you got to get him into the mix, especially if you're wanting him to play. And that's what would make me nervous if I was a Mark Ingram guy. I think we had this discussion with Jamal Charles, who I have less fear of, but we had this discussion. You bring in a guy named Adrian Peterson, and we know who Adrian Peterson is. You're going to want to give him every opportunity, I would think, to be Adrian Peterson, right? So what happens if he succeeds? Do do we see Mark Ingram as the passing down back, as the receiving type of running back? That's what I find intriguing here is I have to think if you bring in a guy – with the cachet of an Adrian Peterson, you're going to want to try to get him involved. And then the biggest fear would be what you would hope for, excuse me, is early on he would bust 
or he would boom and it would suss it out. But what if he's just I, which is what I suspect he'll be. He'll just be I. If you remember before the last injury, Rick, he was averaging all about one and a half yards of carry, albeit behind a really bad offensive line. It could well be gone. But what if he comes in and just averages 3.8 yards of carry and he's taking 9, 10, 11 carries a game and Ingram's getting 12 and they both become ostensibly worthless unless Ingram – you know, can go out and catch 45 balls. I, I don't know. that. That's just a situation as we're drafting early now in the Scott Fish Bowl and some of these other, I hate this term, they'll throw out the air quotes, these expert leagues. Unless we know something at the end of August, I'm not touching either one of these cats unless I can get them, you know, again, 17th, 18th, 19th round and stash them away. That, that's a mess I don't want any part of right now. I, I agree 100%. Wish these guys would just retire and not do this to us. And, and Frank Gore. Jamal Charles the same Frank way. Frank Gore retired just because I'm tired of having a conversation. Well, no, he's going, he's going to prove you wrong till he's 48. <laughs> I think he's doing it to spite me because I declared him dead six years ago. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> Too many miles on this cat. I don't want anything to do with him. Another guy <laughs> I got ranked. I got ranked. That's pretty good grammar. I got there, ranked. Right? That's, that's I got just, it. Further proof that they'll give a microphone to anybody. <laughs> you can just go in and buy them. They, they should should be a test or some paperwork to fill out, like when you buy a gun, but they'll just sell any idiot a microphone. Someone I have ranked a lot higher than not only his ADP. I want to throw the ADP out. I think that's muddy in the waters, but I value him a lot higher than other folks are, and that's Eli Manning. In fact, the man I just drafted in the fifth round of the Scott Fishbowl right before we went on air, Rick. Look, this guy, I got him solidly at 10. I have him as a number one quarterback. I have him at 10. And I, you, I could be convinced to go higher with him. Look, you got guys the likes of Odell Beckham. You bring in a Brandon Marshall. Sterling Shepard burst onto the scene. And now you're going to get Shepard into the slot where I'm given to understand he's more comfortable and where he has a better chance to succeed. I don't know a lot about the guy, but everything I read and all the research I've done on Evan Ingram says this guy's the real deal at the tight end position. You mix all that in with the fact that they have no running game, that Paul Perkins is coming in as the number one guy. And in short bursts last year, he was underwhelming to say the least. I think he had that 100-yard game towards the end of the season. And you still have Shane Vereen as the change of pace back. Eli, he's going to throw the ball 40 times a game easily because they just don't have the running game and with these amount of this amount of weapons i know it's not cool to have eli manning and he's just so damnably frustrating when you watch him this guy all the ingredients are in place for him to have a monster monster season so i have him at 10 most most places based on the adp and most folks you talk to have him as a backup as a number two quarterback i got him as a starter and i could see him outperforming the 10 i currently have him at I like Eli Manning. I'm not quite that high on him. I think he's going to improve dramatically, and we'll cover that in in the show later on in the week. Uh, But, you know, you have Rodgers, you have Breeze, you have Brady, you have Ryan, you have Luck. I got Kirk Cousins over him, certainly Derek Carr over him. Uh, You start getting into – some of the guys where he could pass now. Um, but if – I really love Brandon Marshall coming to New York. Let uh, You know that. I mean, this is my favorite receiver probably of all time. And I think he's going to do nothing but help Eli. He's going to do nothing but help Odell Beckham Jr. and Shepard. The running game is the crux of the matter. Hey, Rashad Jennings was the best running back in that team last year. They let him go. Right. They either A, see something in Perkins, or B, heck with it. He can can protect Eli and we'll throw it 60 times That's my point. They have no interest in running the football. Plus, with all these weapons, how can he not be a number one quarterback? I don't know how he can't. It's very possible. I mean, if you want to look at the guys I have him ranked ahead of, 
I've got him right behind Cam Newton. I've got him ahead of Winston, who Winston's you know, become a very sexy pick. But I still have Winston as a number one. I've, I've elevated him to that point. I got him ahead of Russell Wilson. I got him ahead of Ben Roethlisberger. I got him ahead of Phillip Rivers. And now we're getting into the Bortles, Wentz, Prescott, where most people think he is. I had Those are the guys who generally are ranked above him that I've elevated Eli Manning ahead of. You brought up a guy, and since we're on this, this subject here, if, and, and look, these are the biggest words that we'll ever see when you're talking about San Diego or Los Angeles. Whatever. See, you did it. <laughs> yeah. You did it. If Keenan Allen can stay healthy, and, you know, and the rest of the wide receivers, obviously, Williams and so forth, uh, Inman, and then you still have what Hunter Henry and mm. Gates is still there. You got Melvin. And you bring Gordon. in Mike Williams. I think that's, that's exactly. an intriguing pick. There is a guy right there, Phil Rivers. This is a guy that could be huge. And I'm not. They're very comparable. I got Rivers slightly higher than Eli, but Rivers throws. Generally, he had a horrible year last year. I think 21 picks. Yeah, he loved to throw interceptions. But we did that um, little analysis. I hope Matthew Barry didn't do it. When we um, (laughs) did it with with Roethlisberger, Rivers, and Eli Manning. And and far and away, I'm not going to use the numbers. But far and away, Rivers had less interceptions than either one of these other guys. Right. Either Roethlisberger or Eli. Right. If things can stay copacetic for one year, with the Chargers, I tell you what, he's obviously quarterback one. Right, and and I'll no say that I agree with you one hundred percent. Although I am ninety eight percent certain that's Keenan not going to happen. Keenan Allen, Allen. These, these guys all get hurt. They just for whatever Why? reason. I mean, that's crazy, isn't it? I is Phil Rivers just snake bit? Because he's know. a good enough quarterback who has had good enough teams to go to Super Bowls and to win Super Bowls. And it either hasn't happened or there's been devastating. There's been many periods of time, four, six, eight-game stretches, where the San Diego Chargers were the most dynamic offense in the league for you know maybe save for New Orleans and the New Englands of the world. But they were up in that category, and something always happened. And one leads to the other, leads to the other. I just think Phil Rivers is a snake bit, which is why when I'm putting these rankings together, and it's tough to do when you're not allowed to use numbers because ESPN owns them. So when I'm putting them together and doing it purely on feel, you know, this would be another topic for, for next week's show. I think Phil Rivers is just a snake bit kind of guy. His weapons aren't going to stay healthy, and that's why I can't rank him above an Eli Manning, and his or last, probably the four or five guys I'd rank him above if I was confident he'd have his whole his squad. His last three years have been miserable. Right. Yeah, because of the injuries. I mean, he's had, what, 21 picks, 13 picks, and 18 picks the last three years. Um, and he was normally, yeah, whatever, 11, 13. Yeah, I mean, 12, he's, 13, he's not yeah. a four-interception no, guy. No. There's no doubt no, he about He takes that. risks. He takes chances. Oh, the old – Air quote, gunslinger, yeah, gunslinger, you know, the Brett Favre, you know, gunslinger. But he'll rack up yards for you. And if Keenan Allen can only stay healthy, I, I think he could be a great value coming this year. Yeah, but, of course, be. Keenan Allen will be hurt by August 1st, there's and a, we won't even be talking about well, Phil Rivers. A, there's a very good chance of that. That seems to be what he likes to do. All right, who else do I think are going to exceed their expectations we, we can stay at the quarterback, unless you got one, Rick, or we can stay at the quarterback position. Marcus Mariota. Now, I thought I was sort of cutting edge on this one. I thought I was uh, the tip of the spear, but I, I see this refrain starting to grow, starting to get louder, and he's going higher and higher. And I think I'm more average than I thought I was, in my opinion, of Mariota. But uh, I've got him at eight. I've got Mariota as a high, as oh, a I clear too, yeah. QB1. Um, I have no, I have no, no worries about them. I think that team's going to be pretty good. They're certainly going to be challenging for the division. You bring in an Eric Decker, Delaney Walker has really come into his own. Yeah, still great have Rashard Matthews there. Great running game. I, everything's there. He does not, has not thrown an interception in the red zone, so he doesn't turn the ball over where it matters once. And I know here, I'm going to plagiarize the guy that plagiarized ESPN when I say he had 20 fantasy points in nine of his 15 games. That's a mid to upper level QB1 right there. You know, and, and 
I'm looking at the current ADP right now. I won't say which site, but um, right now they have him. He's not a quarterback one. So that's insane. He's he's a thirteenth, and he he is behind Winston, which I can see. I like Mariota slightly above Winston. I think he's okay, just a little further a in his development. But yeah, that's a coin flip. Um, the one I have the most issue with actually, there's two up there. Actually, there's three that I really have more issue with. Dak Prescott one that he's he's behind Dak Prescott. He's behind Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger has the potential to be a number one quarterback, right. but I can't see him playing in, 16 yeah, games. He's not going to do it in nine games, and if he plays half of those on the road, you've only yeah. got four. And five. I have reservations with Cam Newton. Yeah. I, I really do. I think you have to have Cam as a QB1. I have him at nine. At seven? I don't have him there. Dak Prescott's a guy I hope I'm not missing the boat on. I don't. Dave talked about are, it last week. Are we week. too high? I mean, I don't think I am. But are we too high on Derek Carr? Or is the rest of the world not high enough on this kid right now? I have now? Derek Carr at three, Ring. I got I him, him at four. At, I have him at three. He's right behind, obviously, Rodgers. I, I have at one. I have Brady at two. And I got Derek Carr at Actually, three. Okay. I, I, I have Rodgers. I have Brady. I have Breeze. I have him at four. Yeah. Okay. And I, I have yep. Breeze right after. I might, maybe I go Ryan Breeze. But. I'd, I'd leap, leapfrogged him ahead of those guys. The weapons he has, that's going to be a passing team as well. It's just everything is there. This guy has matured. That, te- that team's going to be the team that can contend with the Patriots to win the AFC this year. It, it's the Oakland Raiders. I, assuming the leg's healthy and he's good to go. I am so high. I got him at number three, so I'm going to say everybody else is undervaluing him, but, but what the hell do I know? Well, you know, that's, that's the thing. I, I'm – Derek Carr could have been – I mean, that team could have had something special last year. I think they could have if, beat him last year. If, if he hadn't gotten injured. Um, yeah, I mean, I think all, all the pieces right now, you put – you saw what Latavius Murray did. Twelve, I think it was 12 rushing touchdowns. Hey, you got beast mode there right now. Don't tell me Latavius Murray is, is as good as, as no. Marshawn Lynch. They have upgraded that run game. They've got two of the best wide receivers in football right now in Crabtree and Cooper. And, you know, they got decent tight end, and Derek Carr has matured as a quarterback, period. He looks like a star. These are the intangibles. He he passes the eye test. You watch him play quarterback. You watch him command that offense. And, look, we could split hairs with him and Breeze, him and Matt Ryan. He's on that tier. He is in that beginning of that tier right after Rodgers and Brady. And I I just don't think there's any question about it. So if you prefer Breeze, I'm fine with that. I'm not going to argue with with you. If you prefer Matt Ryan, I'll give you that one. Andrew Luck is one. I, I saw a lot of discussion on him in the threads, you know, for the Scott Fishbowl of some of the quarterbacks being taken ahead of being taken ahead of Andrew Luck. That guy still hasn't thrown the ball. He's expressed frustration in the media about his inability to work out and his his inability to throw the ball at this point. I have to wonder. You know, this is a guy I've got him ranked, you know, down at seven, and I think that might be too high. There's a lot, a lot of question marks surrounding Andrew Luck going into this season. I like Andrew Luck. This kid, it's his team, and boy, I tell you, he's got a lot of talent on the outside, and the division's right for him. I mean, they're all four teams are going to be com- competing for this team. Right, nine and seven probably be the champion again. Yeah, and. If he doesn't get destroyed, I, well, he, he's thing. obviously going to be. I, the issue is he's not healthy now. It, it's we're after the Fourth of July and he's not healthy, and he still doesn't have an offensive line. I still have him top ten. Oh yeah, I, I, I got him, him top. At, I have him. I think at six, as a matter yeah, of fact. Yeah, so, so so I have him seven. I mean, I don't think that's but a concern. To, if he I, was healthy and they had a professional offensive line, not even a good one, just a professional offensive line, there's your three. Now we're debating between Carr and Luck for who's at three, in my opinion. It's it's a bad set of circumstances. I'm not willing to spend a high draft pick on Andrew Luck. When I get to Andrew Luck is where things dip a lot. See, I'm I'm still in in the fold of you still have your, you know, that that holy grail up there. You have Rodgers, Brady, Breeze, and you can – those guys, to me, are going to be one, two, and three. And I am not 
taking those away until some until something changed my mind. It's the Lux, it's the um, the Derek Cars, even the Matt Ryan who really emerged some last year. The Russell Wilson. That's that next tier to me. Does Father Time catch up with Drew Brees? It's got to be coming here pretty soon. Well, Tom Brady. Hey. Well, no, he's never going to age. Well, you know, I don't see Brees slowing down, quite frankly. He really hasn't taken a whole lot of punishment in his career. So, I mean, no, I, I'm not afraid of these guys. Drew Brees is probably 5,000 yards again. But I see the clock on the wall says it's 3 o'clock, last call for alcohol. we got to get out of here. Yeah, there we go. i just waiting on the Alejandro, who's still in competitive interpretive dance. I had to watch Fligger run over the control room and do that. It's kind of fun. But, I should have uh, put them 100 yards apart. Exactly. should have made it a little closer. But, but that's thanks, it. For, thanks for joining us. We have another show coming up uh, next or later on in the week. We're going to have another old friend. It's like old folks. I'm going to bring in uh, Detroit's own Dennis Farrell. We'll Maybe. be talking. <laughs> Uh, Maybe. He, he said he would. It, it's he always busy sometimes. It's always tentatively scheduled <laughs> with Dennis Farrell, but hopefully we hear that. So thanks so much, Arena Sports Network, arenasportsnet.com. Follow us at Asylum Football on Twitter, asylumfootball at gmail.com. That's it. That's the plugs. Until next time, we'll see you. Take care.